Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I am your co-host, B. No! <laughs> I guess I'm your co-host, Remy, for today. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, I'm going to remember this time. I'm going <laughs> to announce myself. Oh, my God. I'm your co-host, Remy, guys. If B doesn't cut that out, then hi. <laughs> I'm Remy. I'm bad in introductions. I don't think there's any salvaging this one. Anyways. Okay. okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I'm Remy. Hi, Remy. Hi, B. Uh, and this is our Supernatural Watchcast, and keeping this train rolling, we are going into the second half of season 14 with this episode. We're watching season 14, episode 11, Damaged Goods. More than every time, just tense. (laughs) Oh my god, don't get tense. We're more than halfway through. I realized that today, and I was like, oh man, that's true. Marathon, we got it going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was an episode written by Davey Perez and directed by Phil Sagricia. Uh, the description for this episode reads Dean spends time bonding with Mary and Donna. Hey, Donna, Donna. Uh, Nick finally finds the answer he has been searching for. And Sam is left to make an unimaginable choice. Oh, yeah. I That's the first time that I'm hearing the description and what a choice it is that he has to make. You know, honestly, as I was watching this episode, because I write the description out first thing, and... Um, as I was watching the episode, I was like, I thought that this is a pretty Nick-heavy episode, and also we visit, you know, Sam's feelings towards Nick, and um, I thought that it was a decision that Sam was going to need to make regarding Nick. Uh, yeah. And then when we actually wrapped Nick up, I was like, oh, no, he didn't really, that was fine. That wasn't an unimaginable choice but then <laughs> guess what there's All two right. <laughs> yeah. there's two minutes left and we're gonna destroy you with them oh. yeah no kidding mm-hmm. and okay yeah nick heavy we had a whole bunch in the then section of the episode and then we start right in on a scene where there's a woman tied up and i'm like hmm, i wonder who did this <laughs> and guess what it's nick yeah we we open up, we're in this um industrial-ish space, um, and there is a demon. We're told pretty much right away that this is a a, a demon woman. Um and hi, Nick's here. Nix has some questions. Yeah, she's a little impressed that she was caught by a human and he admits that he's picked up some hunter skills. And the demon tries making a deal for her freedom, but Nick is only looking for information about who used to be her partner, which was Abraxas. Yeah. And I think that Nick brings up, like, Abraxas killed my family. Um, Does he bring that up here? Or or is he just looking for Abraxas? I think he's just straight up looking for Abraxas. I I bring that up only because when we last saw Nick... Uh, he was uh, searching for his his family's killer. We found out at the end of the episode that it was actually a demon named Abraxas. And we talked at length on how uh, we found it odd and unsatisfying that Nick didn't question the whole Abraxas situation. And 
I I forgot, I didn't realize, or it just didn't fit into that episode so glaringly that it it was something to talk about. But here now, we are actually answering some of the questions that we had from that episode seven, the last time that we saw Nick. And I feel like I'm going to be critiquing it once again, but Mm. I prefer to wait till the end of the episode when we have all of the characters in the one scene together and then really kind of expound on the thoughts that I have about how that episode seven went with Nick and then how it kind of created some road bumps for Nick in this episode as well. Yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to kind of bring it up right off the top here um, just to be thinking about it because when I saw this scene, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This happened. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he's kind of pivoted from where he was at the end of episode seven because now he is saying that he still is looking for that quest for truth whereas at the end of seven he was kind of like oh lucifer i love you yeah he really seemed to have abandoned it and like you said we're pivoting back to to the search for the truth and justice for his family yeah but for now the scene here he is showing no concern for this demon he just wants the information And uh, she says, yeah, I have no need to protect the hunter. I'll tell you the information. She drops the name Hibbing, Minnesota as the location where she last saw Abraxas. And then Nick kills her anyways. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) So not so not too much of a pivot, but (laughs) no, he still is enjoying that little bit. And I guess he could write it off as being a demon. It's fine. But there's still the host issue. Anyways, anyways. Mm -hmm. Um. We cut to the bunker and Dean is doing a rapid raiding of um, a bunch of supplies. He's gone into, it looks like, the archives and he's grabbed some books, a metal grinder, work gloves and goggles, etc. And he's throwing that all into a duffel bag. And and we actually see the titles of those books as, as he's pulling them and they're all angel anthologies. Yes, mm-hmm. there's the Fallen Angels and then the Maria Prophetissima Historia Actia. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you tried. You tried. That's more than the, I would have The Prophet been. Maria and Archangel History. Ah. That's not, I'm just brain <laughs> pretending it can do Google Translate. <laughs> so he's gathered up all of this stuff and we next see the war room the lights are all turned off uncharacteristically i don't think i've ever seen the lights off in the room before yeah me neither um and then sam's in the library with kind of a couple lights on it's very dim and cozy and somber yeah and dean comes in and he asks you know what are you up to and sam says i'm digging into some angel things and and he is looking for some information on michael he hasn't found anything yet but he just got started and He's kind of uh, uh, coming to Dean in, with this air of we're gonna we're gonna work it out. I know I know that a lot has happened and I and I can't I don't know uh, I don't want to get too ahead, but um it, he's he's coming to Dean with a we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, because he starts off being like, well, I haven't really found anything, but I just started. Like, here's the reason why we're it's going to be a breakthrough. We're working on it. Don't worry. And Dean comes in with an, I appreciate you trying. Yeah. Uh, very earnest. 
And did you notice, okay, the very first thing that in, in this conversation, Sam asks how Dean is feeling, but Dean just bypasses it completely to yeah. ask what Sam's doing. And then here, now that he's getting this opportunity to, like, Sam's extending an invitation. Come on, join me in the research. And Dean is just, no, he he wants to go out for a drive and he wants to make it a twofer and he wants to go and visit Mary at Donna's cabin. And Sam says, oh, that's okay. Yeah, that that sounds good. Um, I'll I could be ready to go in a few minutes. It'll be nice to see everybody. Yeah. And you could see Dean just he feels really rough, but he says that he wants just the one on one time with their mom. And if that's cool, Uh he tags that on. And I I just feel that it's a little bit of that sandpaper edge that comes from siblings who have lived like so close together. Like they do everything together. Oh, yeah. And here's an opportunity now. Okay, involving family. Oh, but I don't want to include you. Like you can just sense Dean's apprehension at suggesting this. Because it's so out of the norm for them. Yeah. They it's a do big red flag. Live out of each other's pockets. It, the one thing, there's a lot of, and I think I'm going to talk about it a lot this episode, but um, the one thing that I didn't notice about this, this conversation that's kind of kicking off our Winchester storyline for the episode and something that carries through to the rest of the episode is there's a lot of um, subtlety in acting in these scenes Um, oh yeah and the thing that i noticed most about this episode is that uh they were both very like stilted and stuttery and i think that in dean especially i saw it as not a defensiveness but a like he was just being very careful and he was very guarded that's the word um And it was making him um, a little a little awkward and in 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 what he's saying here. And I think that Sam was seeing that and then meeting that with a okay, he's being very guarded. I don't really know how to respond to this, but I'm gonna just almost sit back and and I don't know, not sit back and wait to respond, but. Um, it was just, it's kind of meeting the weird with the weird, like, exactly. Okay. You are doing this kind of odd two step right now and I'm trying to figure out the rhythm, but I don't have it either. So now they're both off on different steps. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's exactly it. And Sam, he is kind of taken aback by Dean's request to go alone, but he says, sure, you know, whatever you need. And Dean, he looks a little glossy-eyed, he looks a little choked up, and as he's walking by, he gives a hug to Sam from behind, and he's hoarse as he tells him to take care of Sammy. That's, I mean, again, subtlety in acting, because, uh, okay, actually, we need to talk about this right now. Good, (laughs) good, good. Fuck it! We, okay, so typically we, we try to hold ourselves back from projecting into the future of the episode but i just don't know how to approach this episode while removing the context of all that dean is doing here saying goodbye like we don't know it yet but we but but the character knows it yeah exactly and it's like to 
us as the viewer, we might not know it, but I, I, I'm talking to you now and I'm like, I know it and I don't know how to remove myself from this. This is... I, I don't think that we should. Honestly, we should look at it because a reason why the stilted conversation is taking place is because they're, they think, or at least I should say from Sam's perspective, because Dean is informed on what his actual message is here. But for Sam, all he knows is that Dean has been having a difficult time with Michael up in his noggin. And so Sam is investing himself in this research, trying to find a solution. And so you saw him trying to reassure Dean, okay, I didn't make any progress yet, but it's coming. And here is Dean being a little recalcitrant and just almost sounding resigned about something. And so you're sitting there going, well, maybe he just doesn't think that we can solve this. But it still is this level of guesswork that's going on for Sam's case. Well, that, that I mean, that was hard, too. Dean saying, I, I appreciate you trying. Um, and Sam comes back to it, like, almost jumping on uh, Dean sorrow here. Uh, he says, "Of course, I. Uh, uh, of of course, I'm here for you, man." Um, yeah, it's like he was surprised that Dean thought that they wouldn't do this. Like, you think that we're not going to try and problem solve this? But no, like, I know, I know, I know. And so Dean, as Sam says, "Okay, okay, um, yeah, I'll just stay here. You have fun," um, and. Dean just has to nod and say okay and then walk away but in walking away he is saying goodbye to his little brother and he yeah, can't he thinks this is the last time that he'll see him I know oh my god okay yes okay I think that I I think that we cannot ignore the elephant in this room on this Fuck particular no. episode so yeah um that hug oh my god oh i know and like i said he sounded a little choked up as he was saying it he was trying to not make a big deal out of it while also like needing this moment before he was saying goodbye for good yeah yeah Bye. yeah okay and then we cut to mary and sam on the phone right and yeah because <laughs> yeah, when dean left sam was kind of squinting after him and he's like uh -huh. i need to call mom because there's fuckery afoot there's fuckery afoot and so we have mary and sam on the phone and she's kind of like okay yeah no it he's coming to visit me that's nice and like bobby's left and uh -huh. They needed space. I'm like, mm, okay, I'm squinting at that. That could be a conversation right there. But um, Sam is real quiet and he's worried because Dean's been strange and he hugged me, <laughs> like uh -huh. trying to hold this as evidence up. Like, Mary, do you not see how weird Dean is being? He hugged me. And <laughs> and Mary, we see her sitting at the kitchen table and she's just like, that's sweet. And he's just like, no, like, we don't <laughs> hug unless the world's ending. Do you not get the severity? But even Mary, she was like, uh, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like, from Mary's perspective, okay, she's been dealing with Bobby. I say dealing, it's a little harder than th what I actually mean. But, like, Bobby has his own walls, as she said in um, Nightmare Logic. Mm. And so she has been working with 
someone that she's close to that she's trying to get to open up. And so here is Sam calling and being like, Dean's coming to visit you? Well, he's not opening up. And she's like, okay, cool. Like, I just more of the same that I've been dealing with. And so I feel like she's got a very zen kind of in the flow feeling for how she's approaching Dean, at least at this point of the episode. Yeah, and Sam is being a little alarmist. Like you said, he's like, the end of the world. This is mm-hmm. not this is not normal. This is not this is not normal. And she says, Look, he'll be here soon. Um, I'll keep an eye out. But Sam, it's okay. Yeah. People just have this sometimes. Like it's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and so while he's on the phone, Sam has stepped to go look into the archive there. And he spots some missing books on the shelves, and it just starts making him wonder all the more what's going on. Yeah, and I also wonder if he knows what kind of books have gone missing. Um, Yeah, mm because the shelves weren't super sorted. They had, like, engineering beside Maria Prophetissime. (laughs) (laughs) But he notices that there are some books missing, and that's just red flags all, all over the place. Something is not right. Yeah. And I was wondering if he went and looked at those shelves because he is doing research on archangels. And so it wasn't just a casual, oh, I I wandered in here for plot reasons. It could have also been like he was genuinely coming to go grab more books than, oh, like there's some of these books missing. Yeah, I had the same exact thought. I mean, he went to go. He would know what books Dean took because he was going to get them himself. Yeah, basically. That's my impression, too. Mm -hmm. Was there more to the call, or do we just cut straight to Dean with that juicy, juicy burger? (laughs) Holy shit. Dean and Donna out in the sun, enjoying the best burger in Minnesota. And they're both just, like, relishing in it, just... She is so happy that he is enjoying it to the level that she promised. And she's like, yeah, I'm taking it like even higher. I told you it was this good. Yes, yes. They both have their little napkin bibs on. And and Dean is just, like you said, relishing. He's like, mm, I can't. Yeah. Like, so good. This is the I, best I wrote thing. down losing it over burgers. <laughs> exactly. And, and Donna just, I, uh, yes, I, I'm not going to devolve into a Dean needs more friends uh, rant but it's just it's so nice to see um, our characters paired together and just bringing out the best of each other yeah and it makes me think too that Brianna who plays Donna she has said that like she and Jensen just hit it off right off the bat. Like, they're the same person, basically. Like, they, <laughs> their personalities just get along so well. And so when they get to be on scene together, sorry, when they get to be in a scene together, it just, you you get a real strong sense of their oh, chemistry. Yeah. And pops. just, yes, it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she kind of wants to ask Dean about how he's doing, but he keeps on bringing up, like, okay, how are Jody? How are the girls? How are you doing? Like, uh-huh. he's constantly moving the subjects away from him. Dean is hardcore deflecting. They've they finished the burgers, and, and 
Donna gets her serious face on. She's like, so Dean. And then he cuts right in with, how are the girls? And then we get a little talk about how the girls are. Uh, Donna's been splitting her time between Minnesota and North Dakota. And mm-hmm. um, she's been helping Jody with the training. And she slips in that they all took on a Vitala nest uh, a, a couple weeks ago. And Alex miss. oh, oh I don't want to hunt, as she puts <laughs> it. Um Took took out two two all by herself, and then she says, "And so again, almost like a okay, how about you?" Uh, but before she can go in, uh, Dean says, "And uh, uh, the, yeah, the sheriff thing. How that's how's that going? I know, you know, what's his name? Doug. Yeah, Donna goes in like, yeah, Doug. That that was rough, but I'm doing okay." I, I thought it was interesting, too, that Doug was put up in Duluth. I was like, okay, this poor guy got bitten by a vampire and, like, he didn't turn. And then Duluth was where we started off this season with Michael doing all of his experiments. I'm like, he's probably, if he Ooh. was anywhere in perimeter to what was going on with the Michael situation, he's going to be just like, fuck this. I'm going to go do security in, like, Hawaii. Like, how many, <laughs> they, they wouldn't have vampires like this in Hawaii, would they? Like, that's funny. I didn't have that thought. That's funny. I I don't know very much geography, so it's like, oh, Duluth. I recognize this reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, Donna goes, okay, do you have any more questions like for mm-hmm. me? Because you have been dominating the conversation in this direction, and I need to know how you're doing. Because Sam has dropped some deets about the things you've been through lately. Yeah, she says, "Are you done deflecting now?" And and Dean's just like, oh, "Huff, like okay, fine." Um, but uh, well, no, I well, really, Dean is like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" Puts his innocent face on. But Donna goes into, um, you know, I know about Michael. I know that you just came off of being possessed again. Uh, and and she says, yeah, yeah, Sam told us. Sam had us looking for you when you got all Michaeled out. Uh, but then also, like, that didn't make sense to me because they never, like, left Michael. But whatever. Well, I'm thinking that was from the first bit because this is the first time we're seeing Donna this season. Yeah. And so she, to me, that comment about when Dean was possessed was towards, like, the three weeks where he was just missing. And well, Donna she did was say again. But yeah, yeah, the only she w- she was you know on the team looking for him when he was possessed the first time, and yeah. she says, "And I know that you've got an archangel rattling around in your noggin." Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my god, Dean, he's like, oh, d- "Does the kid have a freaking newsletter going out? Yeah. Like what the fuck?" <laughs> it's seven o'clock, guys. I'm ringing the party line. Everybody get on. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. And she's trying to coax him into conversation by saying, you know, like, it can't be easy. And Dean is just, again, he's shutting it down. He's just saying, no, we'll make it through. And he draws the conversation almost to an abrupt stop by saying, well, like, I got to get going. I just had to see my D train. (laughs) And gives her this full body hug. And Uh... when she can't see his face, he's looking just very kind of stony and not happy. But as soon as they pull apart, he's got that smile just reflexively put back on. I know. Fake smiles all around. It, mm-hmm. He, it, Again, the subtlety in acting here, because in that hug, he did look a little, you know, stony, like you said. But then a- as he pulled back, it just 
he put the smile back on. So it was so timed and deliberate. Deliberate. I don't know. Just a little kudos to Jensen there. But fake smiles all around because Donna, when when Dean bids him a farewell, she you know loses her smile as well. Yeah, she doesn't feel good about what just went down there. Yeah. So far, we see everyone kind of acting on this level that they think that they're both on, like as characters, okay, I'm going to meet you here, but I'm not sure that that's right. Like, it's just that difficulty when you sense someone that you're close to that something is bothering them, and you just don't know how to get them to open up. And so you fall in that gray area of, well, do we pretend that it's fine? How much do I push? Like, it just is this really challenging place to be in and like props to all the actors for bringing it out props to the writer Davey um for including that kind of dynamic in his in his writing you know oh yeah and 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 Phil for the directing of it of the whole scene it's it's just good and and subtle and true to life and um I don't know I'm feeling pretty antsy at this point let's just say (laughs) yeah yeah it's like what the heck is going on yeah But the Impala pulls up at a cabin, and as Dean gets out, he hears gunfire. There's Mm -hmm. a first just one shot, and then there's two quick after each other. So Dean preps his gun, and he rounds the corner to the backyard. And Mary is uh, doing a little target practice with a batch of pumpkins on a picnic table in the distance. And I'm like, okay, okay. She has these this line of pumpkins just exploding with every shot she takes. And I'm like, there's gotta be a cleaner way to do that. That's gotta be a bitch to clean up. I I was thinking, I'm like, is she going to take these afterwards? And like, okay, I'm making pumpkin pie or something. But no, like (laughs) it's just genuinely making compost for the backyard. Donna's going to come out here and be like, the fuck is there so many pumpkins growing here? Like next year. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, That that's gonna that's gonna get pretty sticky under the sun. That's all I could think. I was like, "There's okay, okay." I you know me personally, I go for the cans, but Mary, you you do what you <laughs> want to do. And okay, my momentary salt round here. I was like, we just had the Christmas episode like two weeks ago. How long has Michael been in Dean's head? Um, it can't be spring yet, and yet somehow this is winter in Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> I just transform into a monster. I'm like, this is snow erasure right here. Like, it's it's just me getting salty about trees again. There's no point to it. Anyways, so Mary sees him come around and she gives a big hug too. And he's just kind of playing off like, oh, you know, I'm just going to stick around for a couple days. And so she asks if they should call Sam, you know, let's do the proper reunion here. Yeah. But Dean... He tries to initially play it off in, like, a light manner by saying that he just wants to be greedy with her time. But when she pushes, he flat out says, I don't want Sam here. Yeah. This is the first break in Dean in the veneer that we've seen. Um, I find that a little interesting. I don't really know what to think about it. Maybe he just doesn't... I don't think he's capable of or he doesn't want to lie to his mother. Um, I totally agree. He also, in general, is much more, like open with her if he can't can't as open with her as he can be um and i think that they have a bit of an understanding there where like you said mary is very 
mellow and accepting and she is a good ear and she's not typically very pushy and she's not uh, no we need to talk it out she she's just a, a pillar of support for dean and i think that th- that is a, a an understanding that they have uh, and and I think that's why Dean feels comfortable just saying no to her because he knows that she'll drop it until such time that he's ready to expand on it. Yeah. Like, I think that he kind of surprised himself with being comfortable saying that, and then he almost retreated from it because it was too close to the truth that he didn't want to be sort of uncovering in front of her. You know, if she isn't asking anything particularly extreme, like you said, she's not being pushy, just saying, oh, you know, we could have Sam come here. And he pushes it to a level that it seems like a bit of an overreach for the level of the conversation they were having. And then he backtracks immediately to keep it from becoming a suspicious glitch. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, as, as open as he can be, he doesn't want to uh, reach a level of suspicion. He still has to be careful um, if he wants to keep this under wraps, but... Yeah, and that suspicion, so, like, right now, Mary's kind of up on the sense that, okay, there's something here, but Dean's trying to cover it immediately by going, no, no, I'm I'm just hangry, you know? Uh I really would like to have... Let's make supper, you know? There's that good old special... And she just has a moment of thinking, like, what the fuck could he be uh-huh. talking about? And then, oh, no. Oh, no. Are you are you talking about Winchester Surprise? Oh, my God. I can't believe you even remember that. Oh, I know. <laughs> that little detail right there is slayed me. Just the thought that it would be just a passing detail to her. You know, oh, like I made this maybe a couple times when Dean was really young and I was just really grasping at what we should have for supper. Uh-huh. And yet here is Dean like almost 40 years later and he still has that memory in his head. Like, And I'm <sighs> going to have a lot. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, when, when he tells a story later. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we're not there yet. So we're doing Mary- longer than a 20 second timer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Mary. Um, Mary. Mary is surprised that Dean even remembers uh, Winchester's surprise. Let alone surprise, wants it. Let alone wants it because she can't believe she ever would serve it to him and yeah. John. She said She's it was- just like, it's so bad. And he's yeah. like, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. She said, seriously, Dean heart attack on a plate and he says yeah and i want mine with extra cheese let's go fuck me yeah like and put in the context of dean's farewell tour here it's he's tugging at the nostalgia there just one more time you know this is the thing that i remember when i was a kid like this was the meal that we got to have as a family and he's just bringing it back again like yeah Yeah. kidney shot kidney shot (laughs) cruel and unusual punishment anyways yeah yeah. Uh, so mary mm -hmm. hops in the truck and dean is calling after don't forget the and she immediately goes no no i'm grabbing a pie and his face journey there yeah and uh, mary pulls away and and dean does look a little lost for a second but he is looking around and he lights on 
a barn. I they call it a shed. I yeah. in my notes I I put down barn. So I'll probably use those two interchangeably. But it's this big red um shed space. And he sees this outbuilding and he uh goes to scope it out. Yes. He rounds on this barn shed whatever and he sets to work inside. <laughs> I love that one of the first things that we're focusing on the on the interior of this outbuilding is Donna's mustachioed beefcakes covering the walls. Mustachioed beefcakes. That's so much better than the cowboy kink posters, which I put <laughs> in my own notes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's straight from the 80s too, hey? Like, she hasn't updated that in a while. Oh, it's perfect, and it's so good. Uh, we we the 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 shed has a work table. It's it looks like a tool shed basically. Um, and across, uh, we see uh, the only decoration, the only personal touch in this particular uh, outbuilding is uh these posters, these pinup posters of some mustachioed beefcakes, and yeah, these Burt Reynolds knockoffs. Dean, Dean looks pretty impressed. He's like, oh, well, Donna definitely has a type. I'm like, okay, Dean, like you don't too. Calm down. <laughs> and so he's kind of walking over to one of the benches he sees there. Is it an 8-track or is it a beta, Max? Oh, I have no clue. I'm I'm, I'm going to say it's an 8-track player. I'm I a 90s like kid. I'm not, that, I'm not that old. I'm a 90s kid. <laughs> But I still remember, like, this little wooden box that my parents had that had all their eight tracks in it. I was, like, on the very tail end of the Walkman, okay? <sighs> oh, did I did I? No, I'm you? having a moment of silence <laughs> for my childhood. <laughs> yeah, so he's walking over to the machine of indeterminate noisemaking, and he is briefly staggered by Michael's efforts to escape inside of his head. Yeah. Michael goes bang, bang, and uh, we get some of that swimming of the vision from Dean, and he shakes it off, and he he walks over to the 8-track, and he is just pepped up. He says, cool, and it's yeah. just like, oh, he just has to, he has to ignore it. He has to ignore it. There's nothing else he can do. He just yeah. has to be okay and if anything, like, after he recovered from that, it just made him more determined in his decision to do this. He's like, nope, this is why. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. And then the song that plays, it's the Guess Who's, like, No More yeah. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the yeah. whole <laughs> lyrics are, like, you need not wonder why. And I'm like, looks bad, scene. <laughs> well, I mean, so, on the first watch, so... Dean puts on his music and then he gets to work. We have we have him fully decked out with the welding apron and the gloves and the and the goggles and he is getting it, okay? He like aesthetically chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm yes. loving this look. The safety goggles A+. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he is set to work and he's very determined in his work. I mean, in focus, there's just a focus to him that I, I don't know. It, it added to the whole picture and he's building something and yeah. we have no idea what it is. When I first watched this, I'm like, I have to know what are you like? What is this? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm already just like uh, dying of curiosity. This whole episode so far has just been 
one big question mark that just keeps getting bigger and I'm freaking out because I know it's nothing good. Yeah, it's not often we see him take on an industrial arts project. And so you're like, okay, there is something greater here that he's working on. And it's just a matter of what. And, and I mean, we saw him packing up those things in the very first, in his first scene this episode. Um, so there was a, there was a bit of a payoff in this moment. Like, okay, he, this is what he's, this is what it's all been for. This is why he's here. This is why he packed those things because he lays out his books as well. But, but we don't see what he's doing and we keep like they keep he keeps uh going back to his books and um there's even one point where he is uh welding in a sigil on whatever sheet of metal he's he's working on and so obviously he's making something yeah Um, he's not making a planter (laughs) and like i said he keeps going back to the books and i'm like i'm like putting on my reading glasses what is it (laughs) pausing enhance (laughs) enhance (laughs) but no cigar we have no idea we we get no we get no clue yet yeah and like i don't want to lose my mind over this but like just the song that they picked the whole point that it is this feeling that whatever dean's working to it's on a deadline let alone like not just for the fact that okay mary's gonna come back but he just seems to be really dedicated to whatever he's doing and that the lyrics are being evoking of the thought of you know seasons change so have i and you don't need to know why like i'm not i'm clearly not singing it but (laughs) just this impression of whatever he finishes afterwards this the song is carrying the message of you know like don't don't sweat it don't try and figure it out it just is what i needed to do oh yes it's fine it's it's fine. This is fine. We're we, fine. We're fine. Well, um, uh, yeah. Mary is um at the grocery. She's got her her grocery bags. She's loading them into the back of the trunk, and uh, someone startles her with a hand to her shoulder, and she whips around, and it's Joe the grocer. She yes, and and he knows her well enough to know that she normally orders only whiskey, pumpkins, and crossword puzzles. Yeah, yeah. She's he says. Hey, do you want some help with that? And and her bags. And she says, uh, thanks, Joe. And she gives him her bags. And, and as he's loading them up, he pe- takes a peek and he's like, oh, that's weird. You're actually buying food. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he drops the whiskey pumpkins and crossword puzzles. And she's buying the pumpkins. Like, it's one thing to have them like... Maybe you have some sort of wild pumpkin patch in the woods, but to go out and buy them just to make a mess? Okay, Mary, you know what? Again, you do you. But Okay, ranting about pumpkins. Now, I'm going to rant about the fact that she's putting the groceries in the truck bed. I'm like, who does that? (laughs) Who does that? If you brought any, I guess maybe if you just only brought bologna and cheese, like we are later led to believe, like, okay, maybe that's not going to get bruised. But you put your (laughs) fucking beer bottles back there, too? (laughs) <laughs> what are you going to do when you first hit a road bump, hey? I have got to tell you, I am so curious about this Winchester surprise, talking about pausing and zooming in and taking my reading glasses. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> And 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 we and some of the groceries that she pulled out of her bags later. Anyways, um, and, and she says, "Well, you know, uh, crossword puzzles do get better with whiskey." And I'm like, "Does the does the pumpkin shooting also get better with whiskey?" <laughs> She's she's just like slightly inebriated, puts one hand over one eye and starts shooting at pumpkins that way. She's like, challenge. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, okay, it's a little bit for last, but I'm also like, Mary, how are you doing? Like, you're talking about Bobby needing to go off and do his own thing. And oh, then yeah. what you are doing is you are you're drinking, you're shooting pumpkins, and you're doing crossword puzzles. And like, that is the pattern that you are known by. So like, how are you doing? Like, yeah. Therapist glasses adjusted on my head. Tell me more. That is painting a pretty unique picture. <laughs> because if, did she and Bobby leave on good terms? Like, I just, I don't even know what is going on there because unfortunately we don't get much insight into it. Well, I mean, okay, okay. Let's get, let's get into it a little bit. Because okay. when she was on the phone with Sam, um, she said Bobby left for a few days, you know, with all that happened with his son, we just needed, we, she, she frames it as we decided together that we needed some time. So I think that she is, um, she's speaking as if it oh it's fine nothing nothing to nothing's the matter yeah she says the same thing to dean the she rationalization says, bobby's not here it. she says bobby's not here but i'm good it's fine um but i think that what she's saying is painting a different picture right or what we see from the rest of the episode is painting a different picture even for her to say Bobby left just for a few days, but the reason that she gives is that, you know, with everything that happened with his son, uh, we just needed a few days. Now, the reason that they went out there was because of that confrontation with his son, and they went off to work on themselves and maybe give Bobby a break from how he was punishing himself with the hunting. And they isolated themselves so that they could try to in a healthier way work it out except for it's been weeks right it's yeah. been it's been weeks and she says he's he's just gone for a few days but uh it does not sound like he's been gone for just a few days no it just straight up feels like what she's saying so that nobody worries about her yeah, exactly. Uh, if he's still torn up about what happened with his son, it sounds to me that they went out there, th- they tried to pull Bobby back from the hunting, and that did not work out. No, old he habits die hard. Yeah. 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 That's where I'm sitting around, too. And so I'm like, now she is out at the cabin on her own. Like, what is, what is her plan there? Is she just you know, spending time thinking about her own situation or is she spending time with the intention of, okay, I'm going to be here a little bit longer and then they're not going to worry when I say, oh, I want to come back and I'm coming back alone. That's that's interesting too. What is she doing there? Huh. Yeah. Thinky thoughts. Thinky thoughts. But at any rate, uh-huh. she drives off and the very next scene, we're still with Joe the grocer, but he is approached by a stranger in a van. <laughs> And and it's Nick. And, you know, talking about subtlety and acting, I do think that uh, Mark P. did a really good job this episode. Uh, he was just, he sold everything that he was up to this episode. Yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. yeah. And, like, considering in this moment here, okay, so um, Nick is the character that we know more and so should likely be our perspective and yet joe who we're just introduced to we're actually more on board with what he's seeing in that nick is coming off as really weird vibes like he's asking 
for where Mary Winchester is and putting Job in a bit of a bind where he has to pretend to not know her. Yeah. So Nick pulls up. The first thing he says is, hey, I'm looking for my friend, Mary Winchester. Do you know her? And uh, uh, all the applause for Grocer Joe. (laughs) Four for you, Joe. You go, Grocer Joe. Um, he he just looks a little wary, and he looks at Nick. And he's like, "No, I don't know her." And uh, Nick says, and he's being very affable. He's he's selling it. Mm-hmm. He says, mm-hmm. um, "Yeah, I mean, well, she just she told me to meet her here in Hibbings, and I'm just a little lost. Uh, uh, if you can point me in in the right direction, I would really appreciate it." And he. He doesn't overqualify Joe. He doesn't, you know, mess up his lie. He's just like, sorry, man. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, if Hibbings is a small town, it's like almost instinctive for small town to be like, oh, yeah, sure. I know where she is. It's just over this direction there. Yeah. So the fact that Nick is like clearly giving off enough of a stranger vibe here because, okay, let's think about Mary's position in Hibbings here. She would have likely had to have been at least introduced as staying at Donna's cabin because again, small town, yeah. everybody knows everybody's business. And if so if someone stranger is quote unquote loitering in someone's cabin, then, you know, people are going to pick up on that. So Mary has been introduced enough to know that she is not from here, but she is staying here briefly. And so it would be very strange to Joe to have this random dude show up with out-of-state plates being like, oh yeah, my friend, can you just tell me where she is? It's like, yeah, mm, she could be in witness protection for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so Joe sticks with his fib and says, can't help you. And, and that's when Nick totally just drops this affability. And he says, thanks for nothing. And he drives away. Yeah, uh, he gets pissy when he doesn't oh, get an yeah. answer and he's gone. Oh, yeah. And he he was obviously creeper enough that we see Joe take out his phone. Yeah. Um, we, we, I think he's calling Mary, but we cut to the next scene and it's Nick on a dark road. Uh, he's, he's driving. Um, and, and he passes a, a cop car and the cop car immediately turns on its lights and pulls a Yui and is flashing Nick to pull over. And Nick yes. is just like, Oh, seriously, like seriously. I, yeah, at first he reaches for his wallet, but then he, you know, he doesn't do that. He's he's looking in the rearview mirror. He's trying to, he's calculating. He looks- exactly. He's like, I have a knife on my passenger yes. seat. He grabs a paper clip. I just, I just want to take a moment to be like this scene, this setting, like the fact that it's on this grid road and it's dusky slash dark. Like the whole environment and the cinnamon topography that they <laughs> use for. Nick, when he's driving and we see in the background the cop turn around, I'm like, all of these things, I'm like, this was really stellar at setting up this kind of chilling vibe for what's to come. Oh, I agree. It was really good. Like, we didn't see him just like grumbling down uh, an empty road and then surprise cop lights and then it's like uh and then donna no we get this whole extended sequence of rising tension yes and uh he does pull over and donna 
Donna, no. Donna approaches the car. And yeah, her approach to she's stepping through some like foggy, maybe it's just exhaust, but it does look like this cool smokiness with the lights flashing in the background. And when the figure that we come to know is Donna approaches the window, she flashes her flashlight first and then we finally get to see her face. And so I'm thinking if he got pulled over in this grid road, Donna was either looking for him or he was looking for Mary and Donna was on the lookout. Well, no, she was definitely looking for him. She's probably looking for him close to where Mary is. She was either going to Mary to maybe warn her or she was just scoping out the area because she got the call. We don't really learn this until the next scene. But she says to Nick, I hear you're looking for my friend. So obviously who Joe called was not Mary, but Donna or at least the police department with description enough of the vehicle that Donna immediately clued into this is the guy that I'm looking for. Exactly. Like there's this strange dude who showed up in town and he is driving a weirdo van and just being generally inquisitive after this one woman who has only been here recently like this is again we're small town politics we're gonna call the cops (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah donna has approached and um oh i just love how she does the hiya (laughs) i know i love her so much oh my god and brianna was so pretty this episode oh Uh, i know i loved her hair yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then we cut to Nick being slammed up against the side of the van. <laughs> she knows it's stolen. She knows that he's looking for her friend Mary and he's lying. And so yeah. she calls him on it. Like he keeps doing that affable play that you were describing when yeah. he was talking to Joe, but Don is not letting him get anywhere with it. No, no. She she calls him on the lie on the van. It's stolen. Uh, she calls him on the lie of just looking to rent for uh, rent a cabin. She says, "No, that's that's not gonna fly. You're who are you and what do you want with my town and my friends?" And he says he's being a little brat. He says, "Nunya," and she says, "I'm oh, sorry. What was that?" And she he says, first name eat." last name me and she's like, I'm like oh, okay. how old are you uh-huh how old are you like you're, you're pulling a bofa at this moment <laughs> he's so lucifer like that's exactly what lucifer would say but <laughs> he, he's a 14 year old on reddit okay and and uh, donna to her credit gives him another little slam and she's like okay she pulls out a fingerprint scanner and she's like you won't be straight with me this will get me what i need and she she scans his fingerprints. She's searching the database for his fingerprints. And she turns her back. Yeah. What I, the fuck? Donna. You gotta know. You gotta know better than that, girl. Oh and I'm God. like, I, I'm gonna sit here. I'm like, I know that the plot called for this. But I I'm know. still like, don't do it. I know. I, 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 wish, I wish that, you know, she would just been... Anyways, yes. Uh, yes. And... I actually don't know what happened because my <laughs> it's just a string of exclamation points. Don't turn your back oh, on okay. him. Okay, see, I have like three question marks after turns her back. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, 
So what happens is as she's looking at the machine, she gets the information. She kind of turns a little bit more stoic, like, oh, snap, this is the guy. Like, he would have been reported for these other murders. And as she turns, he's right there. And she kind of grabs for her taser, but they grapple and they fight. And he manages to kind of get a hold of the taser and use it on her instead. Yeah, yeah. He... he knocks her out with the taser and and we pretty much cut i'm like freaking out but we cut from there yeah and they give us a little brief shot like um dashboard cam from the sheriff's perspective it yeah it's just it's evoking the (laughs) the tv reality like 90s version of reality Uh tv where we had dash cam showing us all the wild things that criminals were doing i just got that feeling as we saw donna keel over into this kind of foggy area and nick standing in the headlights of the cop car bad Mm. scene Mm-hmm. Like good scene, but it's a bad scene for Donna. <laughs> oh, I, 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 again, I really did like the whole the directing and the cinematography of this of this whole thing. It was fun. Yes, yes. But from here we go back to Dean, and he's leaving that L building just as Mary returns home. He sidesteps her question about what he was doing, and um, just says that he was looking around, and he grabs the grocery bags and heads inside. And it's full dark now, and I'm just like, how far away was that grocery store, man? Yeah. Like, it had to be far enough away that he could build whatever he was building while she was gone, but I'm also like, like, Mary, you've been doing this grocery run how long? Like, no wonder you're just sustaining on whiskey and bullets. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. She, (laughs) it's, uh, it's obviously been a few hours have passed, and I was just like, dang, son, how isolated are you? But uh, Dean sidesteps her questions about what he's doing in the barn. And he says, come on, I have a surprise for you. And the surprise is apparently just like two table settings. So I was going to say, like, <laughs> he showed basic manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she takes his, she takes her groceries. She go, He goes in. He sets them in the kitchen. And, and Mary is just so impressed. She, she sees the nice, neat table setting on the kitchen table. And... She's like, what's this? And he says, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make sure everything was ready for you. And I thought, you know, we could cook this together. Yeah. It'll be nice. And, um, well, what he says is two terrible cooks teaming up. What could go wrong? But that's a classic Dean move, right? We know yes. Dean's not a terrible cook. We know he's yeah. a great cook. Um, uh, well, we know Mary is a bit insecure about her cooking because she said earlier, like, that's terrible. I can't believe I fed that to you. Uh-huh. And so he's just playing himself off as being a terrible cook, too. So, hey, we got something in common. It should go hilariously bad, even yeah. though that's not true. Yeah. I mean, like I said, classic Dean move to put himself down to make uh, someone else feel better about yeah. and their and just own. downplaying his own skills like uh-huh. classic dean right there yeah 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 but so i like that little line it was like it was like oh oh, oh me no. too <laughs> well liked as in oh no but oh i dean. like the feeling it evoked but my god it was also a bit of an ouchie <laughs> yeah yeah and and mary is just she's just looking at her son and her son saying in the Winchester way, I love you, Mom. I- yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, playing 
a bit jokesy with the fact that, oh, the surprise was having the table set. But ultimately, the surprise was like, I'm treating this terrible meal as something that will be elevated, like, as a more serious dining sit down type thing because you know the modern thing is very much like okay let's grab our dishes and go sit in front of the tv or something like that Mm -hmm. whereas he made the stand that no we're going to sit across from each other we're going to chat for supper and yeah it's just more of that yeah and so she's kind of reading all of these things together now she's actually getting worried too but she still has her faking smile that she's giving to dean yeah, but she's worried enough that the next scene, um, we have Dean cleaning up in the kitchen. Some time has passed, uh, but uh, well, we- he's he's doing his cooking, getting all that stuff in line, and oh, so while the things in the oven, she's now stepped away to get in a phone call. Yeah, she's worried enough to call Sam. Oh, and uh, just quick, quick back yes, step. Yes. Um. Uh. Uh. I, talking about what Dean was pulling out of the grocery bags as she, he was talking to Mary in that oh. last scene. Yeah. There's there's like three pounds of ground chuck and a whole rack of baby back ribs and. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, what's happening? What is this? You know what? I think Sam, she actually tweeted what the recipe for Winchester surprise was. And oh, it was is it? like it was it was basically like a pound cake if everything was meat and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I have to look this up. I, I'm so glad this actually exists. Um I have some more thoughts on what's in this when we see them actually sitting down to eat it, but uh, but but oh, first, oh, I got it here. It's three oh, pounds pork, three pounds beef, three pounds American cheese with Fritos as garnish. That's not true. And if it's Jensen <laughs> or Dean, a gallon of hot sauce. That's not true. That's not. That's a thing. what she's tweeted. That's, <laughs> That's what she three tweeted. Ingredients. That's not a thing. It's it's nine pounds of <laughs> beef and cheese. No, no, there's no way. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm fucking well, sending this to you. Well, yeah, please do. I need to know. I hope there's a prep uh, and uh, there's actual instructions. Um, nope, that was straight. Oh my god, uh, is that the entirety? <laughs> And so Mary, Mary makes a phone call. She is, she has called Sam and she says, um, she's a little worried, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm basically on board with being worried too. Let's be worried yeah. together. Yeah. She says, I don't know what's going on, but something is going on. And Sam's like, okay, well I can, I'm, I can come up there and we'll figure it out. And she's like, just not yet. Yeah. No, no, I, I can figure it out. Just give me a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. She says, I'll talk to him. We'll see what's up. And, you know, in Mary, for Mary here, I mean, Dean did say, I don't want Sam here. That's more than Sam knows. She, that's uh, true. Dean was a bit more honest than, than Sam was. So she's being considerate of Dean here as well. And Sam's like, okay. And he's in a car. We can see he's in a fucking car. But <laughs> it's supposed yeah. to be this big reveal. But uh, 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 but he could have just been going for groceries. He could be going to buy pumpkins, too. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Sam's like, okay, mom, all right. I'll talk to you later. And he's already on the way. So Yeah, <laughs> it's like the time I'm giving you is about a day's worth of travel tops. <laughs> uh-huh. And I now that we finish this conversation, I'm... Putting pedal to the metal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and now we are at the dinner table and we have plates of Winchester surprise. I'm pretty, I don't know. I don't understand what this dish is. I, I, is this recipe that you just sent me? Is that, does it include preparation? No. Oh, well then no, it's not a real thing. Whatever is on the plate. That's the whole point is because Mary's a bad cook and she was like, I, I have beef, I have pork and I have cheese. There's no way. You know what goes well together? Well, what is on the plate in front of them? It looks like corn. It looks like mac and cheese type thing with like a shitload of meat. Yeah, it lo- I see pasta in there, but maybe it's fucking Fritos. It, it, according to Sam, it's Fritos. <laughs> I don't... Okay, I can't... It's not supposed to be good. We're supposed to be horrified. <laughs> And they are chowing down, and we actually cut into Dean mid-story, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-story about their childhood. Yes. Do you want to take this? Do you? Because I I feel like we're both equally traumatized. Well, Sa- Dean Dean says Dean says the kid soaking wet starts pulling out packages of bologna and cheese from his pants and me big you know good big brother I I'm like okay I have to make this work so I throw it on a hot plate. He Mary is or is uh, again just one part trying to laugh the two parts what like I can't believe this is a thing that yeah. He, yeah, yeah, just just total in disbelief. And she's like, no, you did it. He, Dean, says, I stunk that room up to high heaven. And then John walks in. And yeah. and uh, Mary has fallen firmly in the, okay, this is fucking hilarious. I'm laughing my ass off on this one. Um, except. <laughs> and... John came in, the place was stunk up because of this hot plate disaster, and he just throws the whole thing out. And Dean finishes it up by doing almost like a little toss away thing, but he says, probably reminded him of you. And again, that trail away, he says, probably reminded him of you. The whole thing probably reminded him of you, Mary, which, and he trails away. And what follows is, which was never good for us. You know, yeah. which which always which was you know I don't even know I I don't know how like deep like into this to get but oh my god they're not giving it to us explicitly but they're leaving us to fill in the blanks that okay here John was pissed and yeah. like John's reaction to the thing was to throw the whole thing out and then this extra layer of because it reminded him of Mary possibly as being yeah. like one of the motivating things more so than just the fact it was a stinky plate of meat and cheese like all of those elements are now raising a question to us of what it must have been like growing up and to have anything that reminded you of your mother be shunned or suppressed or to be possibly met with anger or hostility or just maybe isolation like not at all engaging with you because you are reminding John of the wife that he lost. Yeah, yeah. To me, the big question was, uh, what followed, you know? What, the boys did this thing that reminded John of Mary, which sent uh, sent John into, from what we get from context clues from Dean here, into a a familiar spiral of either 
like you said, isolation or abuse. Yeah. Um, and and oh it's just so telling by the trailing off. And like Mary's laughter here, it fades as well because yeah. she's sensing the things between the lines as well. Yeah. And Dean's trying to play it off or segue the way that he has been this entire episode where he just goes, anyway, it didn't taste right. Not like this. And like drawing attention back to the plates that they have in front of them. You know, he's just been this whole episode very pay no attention to the man over here. Like, yeah. Go look in this direction instead. Oh, for sure. And and uh, l- let me let me hit you with one more baby Dean, baby Sam feel. Um you said, Mary, you know, Mary said, I can't believe you remember the Winchester surprise. Um, let's think about the fact that baby Sam either stole or procured what he could to come to Dean to plead for a Winchester surprise. Now, Sam would have yeah. never would have had no clue, no memory of a Winchester surprise and what that is, except for Dean's stories of it. Yep. Yep. And that yeah. even if John doesn't want to see it, these two boys are still trying to retain some aspects of her legacy. Like they still want to hold her memory and it would just be a really ugh, terrible situation to be growing up and like not know if you're going to get punished or not for wanting to remember someone that has passed away. Yeah. And and just like you said, carrying these few things that they know of their mother, that they hold of their mother so dear and and for Dean to be to have shared those things with Sam, like this was your mom. And for Dean with all of his flawed memories to be the only like tethered to his mother that Sam would have. He yeah. doesn't even have those memories those uh, that, that Dean has. It's just through Dean that, that Sam gets those insights because we can read right here not even touching on all the other things that we know about John um, from previous seasons, but we just hear right now, you know, no, John was not sharing stories of Mary with his children. It just further goes into that behavior we talked about previously, where what do you do with your past? You know, do you relive it or do you grow from it? And so we hear now that baby Dean was trying to grow, you know, here are the things that we can use from this experience that will bring us together. And John just cutting those tendrils off and go, no, we're not growing. We're staying in the one place. We're staying this way. And we're only focusing on revenge and getting that mission over with and here dean knows that he you know kind of misstepped he brought down the mood Um, yeah he's wandered into downer territory and he's uh trying to step out from it but mary is attuned to this little song and dance he's trying to perform and she isn't following as quickly as he'd like she says um i i just it's hard to think about all the things that I missed. It hits me sometimes that I just missed so much. Yeah. And the unspoken part of that is like how much of your upbringing I missed, you know, the formative years of you that I wasn't there to participate in, that John was the only one doing this instead. But I mean, as much as Dean doesn't 
want to, you know, be talking about this kind of stuff, he... Mary does say exactly the thing that would get Dean to talk about it. He, she brings it onto herself and Dean being Dean, he jumps in to be the caretaker to reassure her the best that he can. He, he's opening up. He, mm-hmm. he just goes, but you're here now. Um, yeah. She's around, she's alive and it's everything to them. You know, he yeah. first says it's everything to me, but to Sam too. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I know that the past couple of years have been rough, but yeah, just knowing that you're around and that you're alive, that's everything. Yeah. And just this quiet moment too. I mean, when you think in the greater context of what Dean is planning, he says that he's just so happy to be sitting here, just enjoying their time together. Yeah. And it's as if on this subject, he starts turning a bit sour. You could see his facial expression kind of grows somber at the thought, okay, like, I'm not going to have many of these forthcoming, you know, this is Mm -hmm. the last supper left with my mom. And Mary sees this happening and she tries nudging him to talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She says, whatever you're going through... You can talk to me about it. I know that it's tough, uh, but Sam and I were here for you. And Dean just says, honestly, he says, I don't want to talk about it, please. That's, yeah. Mary's the third person who has tried asking this question to him, and he's just tired of it. It's something that he doesn't want to dig into. He just wants to have it respected. Yeah, he says, um, everyone keeps asking me, how I'm doing and if I want to talk about it and and I just don't so please yeah that again such earnestness and yeah Mary presumably lets it go we do cut away here but it I I don't know I I, again there's that trust between Mary and Dean uh that Dean can be open and honest with her and that Mary would respect it Yes, and that they're respecting each other's terms here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but like you say, we cut away. Yeah. And now it's late at night and Mary is sneaking down the stairs with her shoes in her hand while Uh Dean is contorted on the couch. (laughs) Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it reminds me of me. I'm like, (laughs) I do the same thing. I sprawl, but he's on a couch and he can't very much sprawl, so he he is... pretzeled onto the 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 couch and sleepy bear dean he is uh sawing logs down there and he's in yeah this really uncomfortable position we saw him in kind of a position like this in an earlier season too where he was sleeping in a chair and it was just fucking terrible (laughs) but yeah so mary sees him on the couch and she just has this one face like oh like it's a little bit like oh sweetie and also like i want to laugh my ass off at this yeah (laughs) she's definitely trying to hold in her laughter and be quiet and she goes outside and we see that her intention is to go check out the barn yes she is sneaking into that outbuilding and she sees okay so there's some metalwork going on in here and then she sees his coffin-esque box that's inside and all the books the flagged pages that they're open to and she's reviewing them and is basically like oh no 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 yeah she is getting more and more distressed can because she comes in she's confused and concerned but then as she starts reading the books she is um she's she's horrified yeah 
Yeah. And and me, the viewer, again, show me, show me, show me, show me. Oh my god, what is happening? I like, uh, 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 don't leave me like this. Don't leave me yeah, like this. Yeah, just but the they building leave. tension. I know building tension. They leave us like this, and um, we have a a brief scene where we cut to Donna waking up on the side of the highway. She's sprawled in her cop car. We assume I can assume that you know, yes. Nick put her uh in her squad car. But she blinks awake, and then next we see Dean uh, waking up to a phone call. His phone is is on the uh, uh, couch arm table. Yeah, What's the, it called? the side table. The side beside table couch. beside the couch. And he pulls his phone, and he looks at it, and and he says, "What the hell?" But the phone uh, stops ringing and um no the phone keeps ringing that's the thing is he tried to answer his phone and then oh no that didn't work i'm still too sleepy to really piece (laughs) together why but he realized it's not his phone that's ringing oh oh i thought that he called that okay i get it i get it now i i didn't realize that it wasn't his phone ringing i thought that she called dean it went to voicemail because he wasn't fast Uh. enough to answer the phone but no 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 you're right you're absolutely right it's not his phone ringing it is mary's phone across the room charging in the hallway and so he he sleepwalks his way over (laughs) to the hallway and he answers the phone he says donna what the hell and and Donna says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he got the jump on me. And Yeah, yeah. and outside, unbeknownst to Dean, Mary yeah. has left that outbuilding and she's surprised by Nick standing right there, basically being like, hello. Yep, <sighs> yep. And yeah, so Dean gets that heads up from Donna's phone call and he goes outside and he is surprised by Sam. Right, right. I have I my I have two notes, consecutive notes. It was surprise, Nick, and then surprise, Sam. So <laughs> my so. notes were the were you paying attention to the lamp beside where Mary's cell phone was charging? Oh yeah, that uh goat leg. Yeah, this little <laughs> hoof. Like I don't even know. This ungulate hoof that yeah, I was like, Donna? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. keep being you, but <laughs> quite the aesthetic you got going on here i love it and and dean is surprised in the dark by sam and sam is like whoa nelly calm the fuck down dean what is wrong like he is very much alarmed now and like when he whips around the sound effect that happened makes it sound like a gunshot like the background music like so it's spooking us a little bit too oh my and- gosh yeah, so like you say, Sam demands to know what's going on, but Dean, all he says is that Mary's gone, like mom's gone. Which is surprising. I mean, I, I you know what Sam's thinking. He's thinking this is, you know, has to do with what the hell bug is up Dean's butt. But no, no, no. This is something completely different. M- Mary went missing. Mom's gone. Mom's gone. Um, But we have Nick and Mary in the creeper van. Yes. They have been parked, I guess, just on one of these grid roads. And he's monologuing at uh-huh. her. Essentially catching up to the fact that the demons have been tracking Mary, Sam, and Dean. They've been keeping an eye out of where they are so that they could be everywhere else. Uh-huh. Anywhere else but where a Winchester is. Yes. Seems and- like a good self-preservation tactic. 
Yeah, 200 miles in any direction. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then Nick is explaining how he used the demon's intel, and then when Donna was tased, went through her phone to find out more information about the the emails that were going on between her and Mary, basically setting up the, the cabin. cabin. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he goes, he does a little a full body uh, shrug, hand gesture, like, and here we are. Um, yeah. And, and, and she's Mary. just, <laughs> yeah, she's so done. Mary's just looking to Nick, like, and she says, Nick, what are you doing? And what? he's like, wait, no, I'm not done my monologue. Let me continue. <laughs> he, he's like, I'm getting there. No, but he, yeah, he goes on to say, well, he, 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 he name drops. He says Tanya Baker and he's waiting for a reaction, but he goes on to say, Tanya Baker, you saved her. You're the reason she's alive. Her entire Girl Scout troop was murdered, slow and bloody and brutal, but She's still alive thanks to you and the demon that you fought off to save this girl was Abraxas, the demon that murdered my family the same way that he murdered those people that you failed to save. Yes. And Mary just, she starts off by apologizing for what he went through and then pivoting at the end being like you you know you didn't have to kidnap me to talk to me about this right yeah yeah mary is honestly confused you know this is this is a sharp left turn from what she knows of nick this just broken man who was lucifer's vessel she is wary you know but she doesn't really she's still playing catch-up she doesn't know what's going on she doesn't know why nick is going to these extremes she says you could have just asked me nick we didn't have to do this i and and nick gets in her face and again talking about mary being wary um when nick comes to Mary. She's, you know, she's definitely not comfortable with this whole situation, no matter how she's kind of playing to her and Nick's familiarity with each other. And Nick says, well, then what would you have told me if I had just asked? Yes. And she goes, well, I would have told you that I killed him. And then he goes, ah, so you would have lied. Yeah. Yeah. That Mary did not kill Abraxas, but instead trapped him. And then Mary kind of fesses up. Okay, yeah, I put him in an Enochian puzzle box. But he's contained. Yes. It's over. Yes, but Nick isn't satisfied with that. He wants to know where Abraxas is. He asks if uh, she has the box and she says no. But I could tell you where, I can show you where it is. Yes. And so we leave on that note Then Nick takes off in the van and they show up at this storage unit place where there's a lone security guard at his post that they drive by. Yeah, yeah. We well well, after we go straight into the storage facility, but we don't see any more of Mary and Nick, we cut to Donna, Sam, and Dean at the cabin. And Donna is just apologizing. She's she is she is distraught. She's like I, I, I don't, I got, he got the job from me and this is my fault. Yeah. And here's how I'm trying to make amends. Like I have my guys lo- there looking for him, but she just feels like it's on her. And then 
Sam's like, I, I see your guilt and I raise you one because I feel like this is my fault. Yeah, because I, because when Donna was initially on the phone with Dean, she did drop Nick's name. So uh, she said some guy named Nick, which, you know, Donna may not have known who that was, but Dean sure as heck does. And now Sam is here. And Sam says, it's my fault because I'm the one who extended a hand to Nick and and I just let him go off into the world. The last I talked to Nick, he says, uh, Nick said he was just going home. I had no idea that he was, and Dean cuts in harshly to say he was murdering people. Yeah, that the note that Sam believed that they had left on was that Nick just wanted to go home, like he wanted to go to his roots. But in the time since they last saw him, the conversation between them has clearly dropped off because he had no idea that this is what was going going on instead that Nick was doing across the country murderville. Yeah. Uh, and 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 as as Dean and Sam have their little, uh, well, I should say, as Dean delivers his little smackdown, and yep. Sam does seem struck by it, it's been it's being radioed in to Donna that they have a location on the van. It was just picked up by the security cameras at the storage facility just outside the Grand Rapids. Yeah. And so Dean's asking how far away that is. Donna says about 30, 40 minutes. And so Dean's like, cool. So 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm going to take a shortcut. Drive 160. Yeah. Yeah. Kilometers. Sorry. That'd be a little excessive in miles. (laughs) It would be. Oh, I was just going to agree with you either way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, We're now back with Mary and Nick. And they open up the door to the storage unit. (laughs) Mary... Me, I don't. I don't know if this is like my knowledge going into it on the rewatch, or if I felt the same way uh, watching it for the first time. But Mary's kind of like hanging back, and I'm having like vivid flashbacks to all of Bobby's like booby traps on his storage units mm-hmm. and in previous seasons. And I'm like, okay, because she's indicating, you know, after you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, and. I, I th- find, uh, like, leading up into the scene, as well as the scenes that carry afterwards, that Mary's doing a very passive form of resistance, but it's resistance nonetheless. Like, oh, yeah. She's sidestepping questions. She's giving vague answers, or she's giving incorrect answers, but she's just generally giving this impression of... She's dragging her heels the whole way without being over obvious. And I just really liked it as like her form of resistance that she's doing in this moment. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And did you notice that, okay, so there was the combo on the door and Mary put it in and it was Dean's birthday. Oh my God, you can't do that when I'm drinking. Yes. <laughs> you can't drink <laughs> no. while I'm doing that. No, I didn't. No, I didn't notice what the, oh my God. No, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was the mm-hmm. combo. She was... Yeah. Because uh, she was okay, standing outside yeah. the door and she was kind of like, what can you do? I guess it's locked. And then he's like, you can <laughs> unlock it. And she's like, mm, I need both hands. But he's like, you have both hands. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, that, 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 those small resistances. She's, it's, she's stalling. Yes. But I mean, I don't, I don't even know that she's stalling to wait. You know, yeah. she's just stalling to be a nuisance. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think that she's just genuinely like, okay, he seems to be trying to plan shit in the moment. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna raggedy and doll myself here. He's gonna have like 130 <laughs> pound dead weight that he has to drag everywhere because I'm not helping <laughs> him voluntarily in the slightest. Exactly. No, I didn't notice that it was Dean's birthday. Oh my yeah. God. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, like you're saying, the storage locker kind of evoking that feeling of booby traps by Bobby. Then we go inside and Mary's not walking forward. And he's like, okay, where is it? And she's like, I don't know, I guess it's over there. And he's like, cool, are you going to walk towards it? And she's like, I guess if I have, like, she's just genuinely, I love it. I love it. I liked it a lot. She was, it was, it was great. And, and, and she walks, she's like, fine. And she walks forward and we see her step over a tripwire. And she, you know, beckons Nick over, but Nick catches it out. Yeah. He has said that after this, you know, I'll let you go. So she's a little bit more helpful, but she still is like from the corner of her eye looking to see if he's going to get a belly full of shotgun. Uh huh. And, yeah, yeah, just so close, but so far. And I'm like, ballsy Nick kicking at the tripwire once he notices it. <laughs> He's like, yeah. When he does notice the tripwire, he does push at it a little bit to try to follow the path up. And he, he discovers that there's a shotgun uh, at, like you said, a belly full of uh, buckshot on the shelving units to his side <laughs> mary follows face. the wire up i know he follows the wire up and he uncovers the shotgun and he's like clever okay cute and he steps over the the tripwire and then cuts the wire uh, yeah. as well and, but mary's like uh, uh. shucks <laughs> all shucks yeah her face is great especially there is uh lucifer lucifer nick asks where uh the 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 puzzle boxes and Mary says in the lockers and the lockers is behind a chain link fence uh, kind of door yeah. and the door has a padlock on it. She's like, oh, too bad I didn't bring the keys. Yeah. And again, oh, shucks. Just every step of the way being a nuisance and dragging her feet and and like it was a really fun way to see her character too because you oh, know yeah. if Dean or Sam were in a similar position there would be maybe more snark from Dean or just more reasoning from Sam but here is Mary and she's just genuinely like analyzed and like no he can't be reasoned with because he's on this mission thing and so I'm just gonna be a bump on the log as best that I can in hopes that I'm gonna get noticed that I'm missing and and then we'll get someone coming to find me. Or, I mean, talking about Sam and Dean, they they try to rile their enemy up, and then they get their golden opportunity to to, to free themselves and and kill the bad guy. Now, Mary is doing the same thing. She's she's riling Nick up. She's making him more and more agitated with every you know piece of snark she throws his way. Um, as 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 subdued as the snark is. <laughs> and she may not be waiting for the cavalry to arrive she may be waiting for her opportunity to 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 come to save herself Um, i think you're right i think you're right especially as what we see later yeah and so mary's like oop i don't have the keys and nick says oop here's a hammer and he gets he gets the lock off the door and he says which locker is it in and she just shrugs and he's like okay you want to play it that way and he starts banging the locks off of every locker and i'm thinking like it's one of these booby trapped i'm sure it would be nice yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and he starts opening the lockers and like one has a decapitated something it's a decapitated head and i really feel like it was a call to silence of the lambs oh yeah yeah, because when Clarice was searching through that one storage locker, 
storage unit, I should say. And she's searching through all of the creepy detritus. And the thing that she comes upon is this head in a jar that is pickled, for lack of a better word. Oh, my gosh. Um, That makes me think the next locker that he opens, uh, it's a dummy uh, wrapped in, like, tart plastic. And I wonder if that's a call to uh, one of, like, the Chucky movies where they yeah. they sunk the doll in, like, brick and plastic uh, to get yeah. rid of it. Yeah. I couldn't place that one as easily, but the first one was just very strongly um, the, the first victim of Buffalo Bill. And then finally, door number three. Yeah. Talk about movie callbacks. How about the Hellraiser puzzle box? And, yeah. and he pulls it from the locker and Mary is going to continue to be unhelpful in opening it. He asks, how do you open this damn thing? And she tries to appeal to him to say, what do you even, like, what do you even see happening here? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You didn't think this through. Yeah. He says, I need to talk with this guy and this guy being a Braxis. And Mary says, you didn't think this through, did you? Uh, a demon needs a host and you can't be the host. I can't be the host. And she shows off her anti-possession tattoo. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I do was you like, want him to, to chop you up. Like, okay. Yeah. I really felt like it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I got nervous when he, sh- she showed him the tattoo and, um, and, uh, Nick says, well, we'll just have to improvise then. Yeah, he's not, he's still determined along his path. Oh, even yeah. though there's all these setbacks that Mary is essentially throwing at him. But outside. But outside, uh, in the meantime, uh, we're yeah. with Sam and Dean and the Impala. Yes, we see that there's this bit of a convoy. If two cars could be considered a convoy, um, <laughs> Donna's leading the way in her vehicle with the lights on so they can speed to their heart's content. And Sam and Dean are sitting in what seems to be an uneasy silence. Some yeah. tension is going on in the Impala. And Sam just bursts out with it. He comes out with it and he says, Dean, just say it. I know you want to say it, so just fucking say it. Yeah, and so Nick... <laughs> Nick is not a project is what like Dean's just ready it's on the tip of his tongue yeah he says he's not a puppy and it was a stupid move to try and help him yeah he says uh Nick was Lucifer's vessel for a for years um and and you you what did you expect what did you think was going to happen Sam he he wasn't just going to bounce back from that and Sam that's the thing that gets Sam up in arms you know because at first Sam just kind of takes it when Dean says um lashes out at Sam to say he's not your pet project you weren't going to fix him but with the call on you know the fact that the reason why Dean sees Nick as irredeemable is because he was Lucifer's vessel. Um, Sam says that could have been me. Yeah, I am Lucifer's vessel. If if one thing had gone differently in our past, then that could have been me easily. And so yeah, I did feel that I needed to give Nick a chance. And yeah, and like, why is this stupid to have compassion? And since when do we give up on people? Like that's never been our credence. Yeah, and Dean comes in to say, "Well, 
And I think he's, you know, he's projecting a little bit, obviously, here Mm -hmm. when he says, uh, you just don't know when to let go. Sometimes you do have to just give up on people and say enough is enough. Yeah. And you can't save everybody. Yeah. That some are just past the point of saving. Yeah. <laughs> and so this scene I was thinking about, I was like, why is Dean so adamantly on this side? And oh, yeah. I think it is just because he never saw Nick. It like he wasn't there at all for Nick being a thing. He was possessed by Michael when Lucifer died and after that bailed. And then Nick was a fixture in the bunker. Sam would have seen him while he was tortured by these nightmares when he couldn't sleep, when he was going through these terrible situations. And Sam was genuinely trying to help him, like nurse him back to health, even though this was something that was really difficult for him for the fact that this is Lucifer's vessel. And... Sam did show compassion and did get him back to a point where he seemed like a calm, normal person. And so for the opportunity for Nick to go home, okay, he took it. And then this is what came from that. And like Sam is torn in this place of, well, I thought that he got better, but could I have predicted that it would go wrong? And Sam is trying to put that blame on himself, but me, I'm like, no, you could not have predicted that this would have gone wrong. Me, at Dean, I'm like, Dean, why are you leaning into this so hard? Um, What exactly was Sam supposed to do? Kill the guy? Uh, yeah. But and you're I, right. I, I think it's genuinely like Dean just didn't have any sort of context for Nick. Oh, yeah. So what he's hearing, oh, Nick's alive? Oh, and he's been killing people. So why the fuck did we let that happen? That's such a great point. That's something that I did not even think about. Um, yeah, yeah. For for Dean, it would just be that black and white. That's awesome. Sorry. I'm having a, I'm having a, oh, I'm so glad we're friends moment. So. <laughs> I didn't even think about this on the first rewatch, like when I watched it on Wednesday. I it took today's rewatch, and I was like, "Oh shit, that would be why." Because ah. trying to time it when Dean came back in the bunker, Nick was already gone. He left his emo note on the pillow and was left. Yep, yep. So yeah, all the little details. <laughs> I know so many little. Oh my god, so many little things, so many different ways because me i was like it, it dean is leaning into this so hard because he's trying to tell sam without telling him that uh you know some people are just past saving and there's nothing you can do uh, i i think you're right on that too own own situation current situation yeah um, but but you're just you know absolutely on point to say that Dean does not have any context and is like I said just that black and white. Uh, and we are <laughs> away from that little uh, horribleness of a bromant. Stop like sullying the Impala guys. Uh, Impala bromants are for pure g- growth and and <laughs> yes. Stop stop saying mean things to each other. I know. There's only, like, 20 episodes left. Don't you guys know? Yeah. And, like, we are essentially left here in a stalemate. And they really have nothing that they can say to each other right now without that. It's just going to inflame the conversation. So they've both said their bit. And cool, we're falling back into that tension again. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we're back at the storage unit, and Nick has now kidnapped, hogtied uh, the, the storage security guy, and he's tied to a chair in the middle of a devil's trap. Yes. Nick has the puzzle box. Okay, we have the security dude. He's in the middle of a devil's trap. I'm going to open this box, and we're going to fill him full of demon. And he just doesn't know how to open the box. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he makes one go at it, and it doesn't work. He throws it to the ground in frustration, and at that crest of his ire, his frustration, Mary makes a go at, at Nick. Yeah, she has kind of a moment where she can attack him from the back, and even though she still has her arms tied up, she's like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to take him. And unfortunately, it's not really enough to put him down yeah mary makes a go she gets beat down she accuses lucifer uh, lucifer she accuses nick (laughs) of not thinking this through and she's gonna get them all killed but nick needs answers and he says well there's one more there's more than one way to crack an egg and he finds a drill plugs it into the wall and then it drills straight into and through the puzzle box. Yeah, he uses the tank approach to the puzzle here and <laughs> we're just gonna brute strength Uh-huh. And uh, the black demon smoke escapes and takes over this this uh, guy. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> yes. Jeff Sorry, the Jeff. Dude. Jeff the security dude. Um, and we now have a Braxis uh, tied to a chair in the middle of a devil's trap. And the first thing he does is leer at Mary and say, hey, Blondie. Yeah, he recognizes her. And the, I have written down here, wild hair, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Like, this guy <laughs> was cast awesomely to play, like, first an innocuous character and then a sinister one. I was like, A plus, dude, you were good. Oh, yeah, 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 because we haven't, we didn't really talk about him, but Jeff, uh, he was acting the scared civilian, like, what, what are you going to do? What's going on? What? Yeah, and then a complete demeanor change as soon as he becomes Abraxas. So, like you said, he recognizes Mary, he doesn't recognize Nick, and Nick's kind of pressing, like, don't you know me? And he's like, nah, you're going to have to be more specific like okay i murdered your family cool that puts you on a long list uh-huh and um nick drops which i now cannot remember the pike creek delaware yes he name drops pike creek delaware is that specific enough for you and abraxas that ah. is yeah that is specific enough because he says ah nick <laughs> basically and well i'll be damned Mary. yeah yeah, how is this not Lucifer who I'm talking to? He says, what are you doing walking and talking all on your own? And here Nick says, okay, well, Lucifer's dead and you have to answer my questions. And Abraxas goes, well, I guess I could answer if you kill Mary. And like nice and slow, the bloodier, the better, uh-huh. like on and on that route. Yeah, yeah. He's, he says, killer. Killer slow and then we'll chat. And Mary, oh Mary. And she I don't even know how to describe this. She's like Ugh. she scoffs at the very yeah. idea that Nick is going to turn on her and 
like like because so far as far as mary knows he's just off his rocker done anything right he's just being reckless he's he's seeking vengeance and he's just being reckless doing it but he hasn't really done anything except for uh, i guess he did just get this poor dude possessed but um he's escalating it really quickly here yeah And so she thinks, okay, that's going to be way too far of an escalation for him to follow. And yet Nick pauses and he's like, oh, okay. Like he goes and grabs a weapon. And so here is the part that I would like to talk about that episode seven Nick versus this Nick. Because it was Mary's moment here where she initially looked like, no, there's no way he's going to do that. And then she turned to, oh, he's going to do that. That I was like, I'm I'm frustrated again with how that episode seven played out. Is it because this is what you wanted? This here is what you wanted from to see from Nick in episode seven, or it, does it just seem like it too seems much out of, a... of order? Is what it feels oh, yeah. like to me, because the whole issue or at least like the primary issue that we had in episode seven was that there was this pivot at the end of it away from Nick being concerned about his family like who murdered him was almost incidental in that moment he was more about his prayer to Lucifer and wanting that that that's where he ended and then we come back to this episode where it's like okay that didn't happen question mark because he's back on the quest for the truth about his family he cares about that again and so i feel like this moment where mary initially scoffs at it and then goes oh wait like that would have had so much more punch had the episode 7 carried through nick's story in a more coherent manner Yeah, because us as the viewer, we already know that Nick is beyond any and all redemption. He, I don't know. um, Like this whole episode has been keeping things in the shadows from us and like what's going to happen. It's keeping things in the shadows from the characters. And so for us as as the viewer to be like, okay, what is Dean doing? And then the character, Mary and Sam being like, what is Dean doing? And yet- we're sitting here as the audience going, we know what Nick's doing. But the characters, conversely, are, what is Nick doing? You know? But we don't get to sit there with them, I guess, is oh, my yeah, issue. Exactly. Like, the, the structure of this episode has so many parts where you are left guessing what's going to happen. And yet this was one... like. Mary's having this moment and I'm not at all there with her because I'm like, of course Nick is going to do it. Oh, and yeah. I'm like that just there was that element of suspense that was completely lost, even though it was attempted. And it was because of this seemingly sidestep that happened a couple episodes back. And it really was just that one scene, that one ending note that was Nick's prayer to Lucifer. If we had ended on when he killed Frank Kellogg after he learned of Abraxas uh, without that that Lucifer prayer, you know, that would carry, that could more cohesively carry forward to this episode as we see Nick now. But with that one Lucifer prayer, we have totally... undermined the other directions that we could go with it. I'm like, even, I'm like, okay, if you really need that Lucifer scene there, because I'm like, where else could you fit it? Would be like the next scene, next episode that we have with Nick. Oh, yeah. If you really needed it in that seven, maybe just some more uncertainty with the way that, like, 
He just seems so, oh, I, I nut when I kill people. I'm all about this. Rather than, like, I I hate how good this feels and, like, I don't want to be doing, I don't want, like, there was no wrestling with it. It felt more like he had given in to the fact that he liked killing at the end of Seven. So now when we get to this episode and it's like, well. We have all the characters, Mary and later Sam, um, trying to put onto Nick like you don't have to do this or or you're going to struggle with this but we we as the audience like you said can't sit with the characters in these in these moments and in with this tone because we know that he's already beyond any any saving and and you know like maybe this is just being picky saying that i would have liked this moment of mary's shock to be something that i could more connect to because i mean by the time we get to our final scene with nick we have everything gelled together but it's just in this moment like oh what could have been and i i get that it couldn't have happened because of the way things played out but i always kind of sit there and like that was just an element that i felt we had a facet that we just couldn't enjoy, unfortunately, because of past choices. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was a good beat for Mary because, again, yes. Mary, you yes. know, Mary only knows what she knows. And she is shocked that uh, Nick would so readily go along with this demon. Yes. This demon's command to kill her. Yeah. And like, okay, this demon just killed your family. And because you want to chat with it more, you're going to kill me too. Like, it, it's just, you can see, like, where is the rationale there that Mary's trying to puzzle through? So Nick's coming at her and it's by the, the grace of God that <laughs> we got Sam there and he fires off a bullet at Nick and it's just enough to shock him away. Make that one side of his head ringing and they come running in. Yep, yep. The cavalry has arrived. Um, let's ignore that I slurred that word. Um <laughs> And now we have a full unit here. We have Mary, Dean, Sam, Donna, Donna. Nick, and Abraxas. And everyone is here. So, 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 uh, Sam has his gun trained on Nick and Dean rushes to Mary to check to see that she's all right. And he unties her hands and Sam says, Nick, what the hell are you doing? And Nick says what I have to. And Nick, you absolute turd. He, (laughs) he takes a, uh, he takes his blade and he breaks the devil's trap. Um, that yeah. is holding a Braxis. Like, Sam was like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? And then he's like, I'm going to continue to make you ask that question. <laughs> yeah. A Braxis immediately breaks free of his bonds and no discrimination. He lifts all five of his, of his adversaries in the air and slams them to the ground. Yeah. Psychic drop. And then he starts monologuing that uh-huh. he, he killed Nick's family under orders from Lucifer, you moron. Of course it was Lucifer. And Nick has like the solitary tear. I don't understand. Why And me? I don't know. I don't know how far back to take this because we said in season, uh, in episode seven on this podcast, we said that we were as the audience left to draw our own conclusions about why Abraxas killed Nick's family. And we came to the conclusion that it was on Lucifer's orders. Now, 
me having totally forgot that this episode happened. Was that something that we knew on the first watch or was that just um, our like subconscious omniscience coming through? I I feel like that was just the us as audience putting two and two together. Yeah, like, because oh, it, it a is demon obvious, killed right? your family and then you became Lucifer's vessel like die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm very curious about uh I understand that this is the next step in Nick's story you know we learned that Abraxas was the demon that killed his family and to think that a demon killed his family um I think putting two and two together uh does lead to it was you know part of Lucifer's plan to get Nick to say yes um but in episode seven again I think that ending on that lucifer prayer it just launched us 10 steps forward that left yes. the audience trying to fill that gap so we were we were told to puzzle it out basically but now here we're taking eight steps back it's to like, where forget, we were forget the conclusions that you came to already and here we're going to give you your canonical answer yeah and we're going to I don't know. That whole last scene, like I said, it was a launch forward, and now we're backtracking totally. Yeah. And we're going to now go through all of those steps to the conclusion that we already have reached because we basically were told that we weren't going to get the answers otherwise. Yeah. And, like, he already said that he thought that finding Sarah and Teddy's killer would free his rage, but he just likes killing, like, and he wants to keep doing that. So, at the end of that note, I was like, so why is he still looking for Abraxas? Because he just finished saying that the truth didn't matter to him. It was more the killing that he enjoyed. Like, it was all that that I just, like... It, it's like you're saying, it's the two step back. Yeah. So Abraxas says that he was following orders that Lucifer uh, and, and Nick says, orders from who? And he says, duh. Abraxas yeah. says, uh, Lucifer, who else? Um, you're, you're not special. You weren't chosen. You were just like, you were picked out of the phone book. Which, I mean, I think that's just Abraxas talking. Being a bitch, yeah. Yeah, being a bitch. Because we do know something about bloodlines and it, it does take a special, and, and, and from season 11 that, uh, or season 12, I should say, uh, always one off from <laughs> season 12 that Lucifer can't just hop into anybody. So it had to have been planned that, um, uh, Lucifer needed Nick. Um, but this, what Abraxas is saying, and that's why Abraxas killed his family and primed Nick to say yes to Lucifer. But what Abraxas is saying here, I think it's throwing into Nick's face what we heard from Nick on that Lucifer prayer. Like, you chose me. We are connected yeah, and then here's the Braxis going, oh, no, 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 like, nothing about you was like, oh, we want that guy. It was just genuinely like, okay, here is the list of, say, 30 vessels that we could pick for him. Uh, let's go with that one. He's got uh-huh. a family. We could kill him. That'd be easy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so, so Nick is, I don't even know what Nick is thinking, honestly, but Nick does seem like that hit. Yeah, um, he I seems don't know a in bit what pissed way. about it. I don't know if it hit because his family was killed under Lucifer's orders, or 
if it hit because Abraxas is saying that he is not in any way special to Lucifer. Well, I think it's that one. I think it's that one because of the way that episode seven went. Like, we filmed episode seven. We don't need to talk about it again. I know. It just, (laughs) that's the way that it feels with that context in mind. But, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, but then this whole episode, he has been back on that family vengeance train. So I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, that, that might be fair, but like me, as an audience member with that in mind i'm like i just don't buy it because he previously said like killing feels too good and i thought that like i thought i was going for justice but really i just want to fucking get my boner on about killing people we've got we've got to stop we've got to move yeah. on <laughs> yeah yeah uh, sorry 20 uh, seconds is over 20 seconds is over so abraxas is monologue <laughs> dean starts his exorcism and abraxas tosses him for it and then nick is pissed so he grabs an angel blade and he kills abraxas with it yep yep he he gears up for a fight you know four versus one uh-huh, apparently he likes these good. odds uh-huh. and donna is just fuck this like Nick's brought a knife. She brings a gun to that knife fight. She shoots him <laughs> in the leg and he goes over and Mary punches him for good measure. Yes, Mary gets a good punch in. I appreciate that. Clocks him straight in the face. Uh, we uh, next, so, you know, it's it's over. But yeah. we next cut to, uh, we're outside. Uh, we have Donna in a cuffed Nick in front of Donna's squad car. And Sam asked for a moment with Nick. Yeah. Before. He just, he wants to ask why. Like, yeah. wh- what is all this about? Yeah. He he just asks why. And Nick says, for my family, you would have done the same thing. If you were in my shoes, you would have done the exact same thing. I needed vengeance. I needed the answers. Yeah. And uh, Sam kind of takes that. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't deny it, which I thought was interesting. That's kind of a good point. Yeah, because you know maybe maybe that is what the Winchesters would have done. I don't think that they would have done anything different. Uh, oh, except for the killing. But yeah, <laughs> uh, so Sam can't take that completely as a okay fair because it's not. And what Sam latches onto is he says, "I'm sorry that." I couldn't help you. I'm sorry that I didn't know how to help you. And Nick launches into this. Um, it's not about you, Sam. You couldn't have helped me. I didn't want to be help, yeah. helped. Um, you couldn't fix me. I was not broken. Yeah. Or I am not broken. Well, it's a little narcissist thing here. Like Nick going, it's not about you. It's about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, your opinion on this is irrelevant because it was just what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sam is trying to apologize and Nick doesn't want to accept that. Yeah. Um, and then that makes Sam angry, I think. He, yeah. I think it's the... <sighs> I, it's I realizing like the effort was lost or like oh yeah yeah that's it um, that he had these hopes and like he it was hard for him which doesn't make like oh you know it was hard for me and ergo like fuck you but it was really challenging for him to have the compassion for nick like he was really pushing himself for this with the hopes that it would be something that would good some good would come of it for Nick. And then here's Nick saying, like, 
the fuck are you even thinking that you're doing in my life? Like, who are you? And this is the way that I want to be. And the way I want to be is totally fine. But Sam still, he says, I'm not sorry for, I don't feel sorry for you, Nick. I feel sorry for the people that you killed in this little revenge mission of yours. I, I, I feel sorry for the people that you killed along the way. You are going to be haunted by these faces for the rest of your life. And, and you know what? I was going, what I was going to say is, and that's why I feel sorry for you. But no, no. Sam says, and that's what you deserve. Yeah. He's worked himself into a high emotion here. And he just is like, no, like you, Nick, you can burn. Yep. Yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> with that uh, Sam's done he steps yeah. away he leaves Nick to Donna <laughs> watch your head now oh my gosh again Donna is just so quintessentially Donna every time and and it's it's perfect she's yeah bless her uh-huh um and we we shift the focus to Mary and Dean yes. um having an aside to this Sam and Nick conversation where Mary comes to Dean and she says, I saw the shed. I saw what you've been building and I know what you're planning. Yes. And Dean doesn't even have anything to say to that. No, like this is the most terse or like the most firm that I think that I've ever seen her speak to him. Like she's very like, you talk to Sam or we are calling a family meeting. And it's like, yes, mom, sorry, mom. Uh-huh. She says, um, I know what you're thinking and we are going to talk about it as a family, you, me, and Sam. So if you don't tell him, then I will. And... Yeah, and and like I said, I don't think Dean says a single word. This is no, this, no. He, he just I wouldn't say coward, but he definitely like resigns himself. Oh shit! Like this is something yeah. I have to do. Yeah, yeah. I've boned. <laughs> and back in the morning, it's now daytime, and Dean has Sam with him in the uh barn, and they are standing before the malik box yeah well right at the start dean calls it the malik box and it's a fucking coffin we as the viewer see it for the first fucking time and i don't i don't know i don't know what to think yet but we're going straight into what this fucking thing is yeah yeah it's never good when your character's like hi i built a coffin with sigils on it uh-huh. And Dean's describing it. He's like, yeah, nothing gets out. And be like, we just got to secure and ward it and it'll hold even an archangel, especially an archangel. Right. And Sam says, yeah, Dean, I know what it is. I've read about them, but we one has never been made, you know? Yeah, they're supposed to be impossible to build. Right. And, and Dean says, well, and he gives a little proud pat. And at this point, I am like spiraling uh, because his his determination with that fucking song playing when he was building Fuck it. yeah. He was so like... I don't know. There's just there was such a drive to him in you that need scene. Not wonder why. There's no time left for you. <laughs> Songmeanings.net. A, a drive to him in that scene, and I'm like, he's building his own coffin. Yeah, and 
I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, we've we've seen the Winchesters throw themselves into the pit <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. And and I can't even count how many times we've seen uh, Dean and his suicidal tendencies. But this is this is uh, Dean's version of throwing himself into the cage that yes. we saw Sam do in season five. This isn't just Dean throwing away his life because he doesn't see the value in his life. He is doing it to save the world yes. as he sees it. Yes. And Samson, so your idea is basically to just bury yourself alive with Michael? Uh-huh. And Dean goes, no, I, I see your burial. I'm going to raise you one. I want to be dipped in the fucking ocean. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and Sam is just looking to Dean like, <sighs> Um, because, I mean, if we were to bury Dean, it, Sam would know where he is, and if they, he would keep trying to find the solution, and if he found the solution, then it's just a, to bury Dean is a just for now. Yeah. And, and Dean says, no, it's, it's all or nothing. Burying me isn't good enough. We are going to, I was going to pay to get dropped into the Pacific and, you know, never to be seen again. You would never find me. And Dean says, you know, following from that, we just need to wait it out until we find the solution. Dean says, you tried. Jack tried. Mom tried. Cass tried. And you tried. And I love you for trying. Uh, we're revisiting that. Mm-hmm. We know what he said before when he first talked to Sam. He says, like, I... I appreciate it. I love yeah. you for it, but none of it will work. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And Sam, he says, so what? Well, we you, we don't know that. We don't yeah. know that. How are you so sure about this? And so this is when Dean breaks down that Billy told him it's the only way and gave him the recipe and it's fate. And Sam's still sitting there like, the fuck are you talking about? Since when do you believe in fate? And Dean's little, since now. I'm like, God damn, you guys. So Sam, after that, didn't pan out where he doesn't get any wiggle room from Dean in the whole Billy thing. And this is not the only way. There's always another way. And Sam shuts that down. There is no other way. Death herself told me so. Um, Sam says he appeals to Dean more on an emotional level. He says, so what? What is this? You coming out here visiting with donna visiting mom was that your sick secret farewell tour you were going to leave you were going to disappear and you just weren't even going to tell me and he says me you weren't going to tell me do you have any idea yeah you were going to leave me with that being my last moment and like what okay were you going to leave a phone call before you dipped in the ocean and be like okay i love you bye or like was that going to be genuinely it you leave me wondering where did he go after mary's place like what happened what did he do i couldn't believe that you thought that that was acceptable way to go out yeah and and you know that that little appeal from sam does get more of a response than anything yeah. so far yeah because... well because dean knows he's right like yeah it, it's a shitty move. And when we were talking about being witness to that first scene when they're interacting and they don't really have their footing. And now 
you can add this extra layer to it. Like, Dean probably yeah. knew it was a dick move, but he knew that it was what he had to do because of what he says right now. He can't be around Sam because the second that Sam catches whiff of this idea, he's going to get talked out of it. But, like, Dean has had enough moments where he felt Michael almost getting out. He f- feels how close he is to the edge, and I really feel that he doubts himself and his ability to hold Michael. He we had him at the end of the last episode standing in front of the mirror and saying it trying to shore himself up. He says it's just you. It's all you. It's just you. Um but it's not enough. Yeah. Like I I sit there I'm like when Dean doubts himself that's when he tends to try and fall back on something else to support him. Like when you look into season 5 and he was going to say yes to Michael. Like he had that doubt in himself and he just thought, "Oh no, I got to do this." And the Malak box to me is the same thing. He was trying to reassure himself that he can contain Michael and then Billy shows up and is like, "LOL, nope." here's why and then he's like well fuck it like it's so he goes to the next best thing he tries to find the thing that he can throw himself into as a solution to the doubt that he has yeah um and he says he he says this is it yeah uh he says i he says to sam I couldn't give you a proper goodbye um, because I knew that you were the only one who could talk me out of this and I will not be talked out of it. Yeah. I can't. He has spent enough time just building himself to the point where he... He's stonewalled against what Sam might say about this and he's drawing the line before Sam can even broach it. And bros, oh my god, bros, I cry. He Sam is very upset. Yeah. Um and Dean says, I I have to do this and um no, I won't be talked out of it. I have to do this and I think, Sam, that you know why. He doesn't say this, but Mm -hmm. this is this is what I feel is implied. He he is appealing to Sam to say, I have to do this and you have to accept that I have to do this and I think that on some level, you do have to accept that this is my only choice. Um, and he says, Dean says, I could do it alone or I can do it with you. Yeah. Yeah, and he's doing this with or without Sam, but the implication is that Dean would rather not do this alone. So, oh, 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 there goes my heart in pieces on the floor. Yeah. Um, and Splash. we end with... A close-up on Sam, and he says, all right. Cut to black. Yeah, fuck. He's just processing and then quietly gives in. He relinquishes to Dean's wishes. And he doesn't look at all happy about it. Uh, All right! All right! Not all right! What are you doing? What (laughs) Motherfucker. Yeah, Yeah, that was me yelling at my TV screen after we cut to black there. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know what? I do appreciate that. Like, we cut to black basically on Sam's exhale. Yes. You know, we talk about the rising tension in this episode. We talk about how we've so much of this episode has been kept in shadow, only to be revealed in these last couple minutes of the episode. And we end very abruptly, but um, meaningfully timed on sam's almost like i said exhale of 
resignation yeah. on this after yeah. all that building tension and uncertainty and mystery. Yeah, and it's <sighs> not even like he is settled in himself with this choice. It's just genuinely like, fine. And then we are left with the question of what carries after that. You know, what's the implication of him agreeing? I, uh, so. <laughs> so, that was the episode. And yeah. I, coming off of this episode, I was thinking, what is my takeaway here? What is... What's my final takeaway? Because this episode was, it felt pretty, um, I don't know if transitive is the right word, but. It was uh, a liminal space for the characters, yeah. Yeah, not not transitive, transitional. Yeah. Um, I was like, transitive, that's like a mathematical property of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, no, it felt um, very transitional. And I was thinking what do i take away from this episode because sitting here even you know knowing what's coming for the rest of the season but even i i I know sitting here on my first watch and sitting here now i'm just one big what the fuck with the malik box one big because this is a this is a curveball oh Um, yeah We've been, you know, we have been left to wonder what was in that little black book that 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 Death Billy gave Dean, and then this is it. And I don't know, I don't know. Uh, the the big Malik box reveal in the last couple of minutes. I think this is probably my. I, I think this is my takeaway. Except it's hard to articulate as a takeaway because I was, like I said, one big what the fuck because. Uh, we we just know that this isn't gonna. We know that dude is not gonna put himself in a box and throw himself into the Atlantic. So what oh, is? Oh, but this? I like imagining it. Oh I like no! Imagining, like I was like, <laughs> I had a coda ready for that, and then I just stamina man. But <laughs> oh my god! Uh no 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 no! I I I could not imagine a a a a, a damn thing. No. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to even think about it because eh, I, I don't know. This is why it it just left you on such uneven footing that like the, the episode we carried through being left in the shadow. And then you're essentially saying like, it sounds to me like you're in the same position as Sam. Like you've been sideswiped by this plan. And it's like, well, what, how the heck, can how can Dean possibly believe that this is what they're going through with? And, like, for Sam to even agree, like, how can you think that that's actually going to be the long-term thing? Like, th- so we're sitting in the space of, like, well, if we try to have faith in our characters, we're going down one path. But if we think about this rationally, we're going down another one. So we just kind of feel like we're at odds. We're at the fork in the road going, well, where are they going next? Yeah, yeah, I, the whole Malik box thing, sorry if I sound far away, I'm like (laughs) rocking in my seat. (laughs) I've got both legs braced against the wall, like freaking, anyways. (laughs) Comfort Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've contorted myself into an an anguished pretzel. (laughs) I, the whole Malik box thing, I um, have a lot of I don't know I get really 
into it emotionally when uh, we are confronted with Dean and his suicidal tendencies. Um, I don't know. I'm at a point in the series where it's just like, it's, it's, it's so commonplace in Dean's character in his stories that, and ignored. Um, just, yeah, it stepped over the fact that he has such little value in his life or the life that he wants to lead. And it's just like, I feel that in a lot of Dean's stories, um, it, it's so inherent in his character that this is how Dean would react. He would just throw himself away. Yeah. And, and we see it a lot, but we never, we never explore it. Explore it or, or I, I think give it the gravity it deserves. Yeah, as... there's not really a character that's stepping in and going, whoa, like, why, why are you okay with you going through that? I, I, it just comes to the writers. It's, you know, we, we make jokes about how we can't put Dean and Cass in the same room because then the, the characters write their own story and there's no logical progression to, to, you know, to a conversation between Dean and Cass that doesn't in somewhere uncomfortably hunter husbands for the, <laughs> for the writers uh, you know you can't put them in the same room to talk otherwise they're going to end up kissing but um cuz that's how the story has been built but uh on the same kind of thing it's just so what would dean do he would kill himself i th- i just think it happens a lot and and I think it happens because it's it's just built into Dean's character at this point. Um, and me, for the Malik box, here, sitting here with Dean going to kill himself again. Well, um, it's worse than death. That's the thing, though. He's like, it's a death sentence, but it is an undeath. Like... With an archangel in his head that he knows is going to get out, that means he's going to get possessed by Michael. Yeah. And Michael's not going to die of old age or drowning under the ocean. Yeah. He is just going to be there, and Dean is going to be trapped in there, and it's going to be forever and ever. Like, I I totally get what you're meaning of, like, the... He does have suicidal tendencies. Like we saw in last fucking season with advanced thaumaturgy, that he thought nothing of stopping his heart to go on this seemingly innocuous case. We saw in this season, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but oh my god, because I, I, I know I went on this tangent when D- with Dean, but I can't. Oh, oh, with sorry, with Kaya. Mm-hmm. Je- yeah, where he says, "Just kill me." I'm throwing all of his chips in. Um, if if I if you don't give me the spear, then just kill me now. Um, and and we 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 discussed it, and we kind of settled on that gamble was one part uh, a gamble, like okay, this might work out, but also one part an I don't care if it works out. Like if it doesn't work out, then whatever. I'm gonna die anyways. And I said just two episodes ago with um, the spear, okay, here's Dean back on his bullshit. And ending this episode, honestly, not to get too salty, but here's my salt round. Here's Dean again back on his bullshit. And as a viewer, I'm like, 
I know he's not going to throw himself into the ocean. I know that's not where the story is going to go. So why are we doing it? I I, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't see the drama in it. I'm just tired. Okay. On, on using Dean's... Um, lack of okay i'm i'll stop i'll stop i i I was like you have like a 15 minute closing thought (laughs) yeah sorry no 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 i just like i like that you're very passionate about it it's because like i i've have only seen half the seasons and so i've maybe only seen half the times where dean particularly belittles his value and so for me like, you're asking, like, what's the point of this Moloch box if he's not going to go through with it? And I think the point is, is that they, the characters currently feel like they are cornered and that this is the only path. And then the game is more about how do they get off that path? Or if they choose to leave that path, what are the consequences? Because here we have death and fate and whatever saying, if you do not do this one thing, the world ends. So yeah. to me, that's where it more is than, well, is he going to get in the box? I'm like, no, he's not. But like, we've been told the stakes of him not getting in. And so how are we going to get around that? I, I, I think that um, at the risk of sounding too salty about uh, the writer's choices, I think that the fact that we have set this up at all is just lazy. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I know it doesn't matter. So why did we put, why did we set this up when it just is gonna, it's gonna be worked around in some way? Well, because it's not just the Moloch box. It's the Chekhov's box is the thing. We've introduced this item that is essentially going to play the role of a Chekhov's gun for the rest of the season of when is it gonna go off? When is this Moloch box gonna get used? Because they didn't just spend an episode building our questions around what is Dean doing to create something and then toss it away the next episode. It is now an element in play in the plot. And so how is it going to play out becomes the question. And it's like you're saying, we know Dean's not climbing into it. So what is this box doing here becomes the question rather than what is this box doing here? (laughs) <laughs> i guess like <laughs> that is that is a lot that is a lot more credit than i chose to give it <laughs> not a, a, a good thing that's definitely a good thing i just i i didn't like this episode when i saw it the first time or mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't maybe not maybe saying i didn't like this episode you were neutral uh, to it yeah i was just mad at the ending note of it. And it kind of soured any enjoyment I got from the rest of the episode. Because I mm-hmm. I do think it was a very well done episode. But um, especially watching it the first time. I was just like, this is bullshit. And I'm bored. Oh, so- see? <laughs> I, like, I ended on this note and I was so excited. Yeah? Really? Yeah. I found it like very, like like I said, that's where I was sitting with it. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, what are they going to do with it? Yeah, no, I was just, I was just like, I was tired. <laughs> so. Like, where I got salty was at the start of the next episode, where they basically, because the teaser had, like, Dean underwater. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, that's not oh, what yeah. I was expecting. Oh, and yeah. And then, oh no, we've washed that off at the fucking start of the episode. Oh my god. So, yeah. Uh, so... So, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, the best I can do for a takeaway. <laughs> I I don't know how um, I'm going to, like, 
feel about this whole Malik box thing going forward. But Kay. but that's that's my takeaway. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> what about you? How about um... you? Please please bring me up from <laughs> Okay. Well, like takeaway number 100 out of one but mary must be watching queer eye because she was doing a little french tuck with her shirt oh my god (laughs) i noticed that when she went into the outbuilding and was investigating dean's work there so it's like oh we're getting a little insight to the character and like another one being that mary and donna were exchanging emails and like setting up the meeting here and so i guess the long and short I of my takeaway would be just the we're really feeling the interconnectivity of these characters and we're feeling the warmth and familiarity that Sam and Dean and Mary have in extension to what we would consider as side characters like even Mary and Grocer Joe who is in this yeah. like two scenes we know that she has a rapport with him and so it's these type of elements that really give us the characters as people and not just as plot devices or plot moments so the long and short of my takeaway, my, my takeaway number 100 will feed into my takeaway number one, which is essentially <laughs> that this episode really gave us a lot of insight into the family dynamics. We got to see how Mary deals with things under pressure in comparison to her sons and just the way that they have compassion and they are navigating, giving each other space and that they had poor footing that they had like a stalemate between Sam and Dean and the Impala that we're really seeing the family dynamics in really subtle and in multiple ways all in this short window and to me that was just really rewarding to even ignore what the plot is in the moment and just see the way that they're interacting with each other I was like eight plus yeah, I mean, that's a good point because we have Dean and Mary and we have Dean and Sam in the beginning and then when Sam shows up unexpectedly, uh we have Dean kind of lashing out at Sam, but then but then bringing it back in to plead with him to understand his plan with the Malik box and to be with him in this and Dean and Mary, but also Sam and Mary and how they're communicating around this Dean issue. And if we want to even expand further out, Dean, uh, well, Sam and his Hunter newsletter, you know? Yeah. And like Dean, okay. And Donna's protectiveness of Mary. Like, yeah, these are not character dynamics that really get any time spent on them per se, but there was a huge range of emotions that the characters all had to play through with each other. And I feel like it was just executed really deftly and it really heightened these characters as three dimensional figures. Yeah. We got a lot this, we got a lot this episode and it was really well written as, as like you said, putting the characters forth as people and not just, uh, you know, plot devices moving, moving, moving the scenes forward. Yeah. So it's it's maybe a hard thing to pin down, but it is just a really subtle element that they executed very well. And so that's my takeaway. Yeah. 
I I griped on the ending here, but thank you for bringing me back to (laughs) why this was a great episode and why we love the Winchesters and the people and even Dean's little story about, you know, John and and each of their reactions to it, Dean and Mary's reactions to that story. But, um, yeah. Mary's whiskey crossword puzzles and pumpkins. uh Like, just uh those little things. I was like, there's so many of these little moments that you don't really stop to appreciate. But when you do stop and look at them, you go, oh, like, that was interesting insight that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Good. Agreed. Absolutely. Did did you have a, a, a... a two through ninety nine on your one through one hundred, or it would did, probably be that... a lot of face journey shit. <laughs> a lot of face journey shit. Le- okay, this episode by all the actors from Mark P to Jensen to uh, Samantha to Brianna. Uh, hey, Brianna. Eve, Joe, the grocer. Jeff yeah. slash Abraxas. Everyone was doing awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. That and yeah. I, I don't want to sell this episode short because it was a good one. Even though mm-hmm. it's like you say, it's transitional. Nothing big happened, you know, really, except for the last r- big reveal in the last two minutes is what uh, we're supposed to be talking about coming away from it. But we had so much insight on our characters, and it's just always fun and good to see. So yeah, um, yeah, that was that was season fourteen, episode eleven, damaged goods, and 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 damaged they are, but yeah. <laughs> damaged we are. <laughs> Who doesn't have, you know, their problems? <laughs> uh, and next week, we are going to be talking about uh, episode 12, Profits and Loss. Yes. I, I, I might have skipped over our little um, uh, social media plug there. So take us away. V. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> at this point, you guys should be pretty practiced hearing us. But we're on Tumblr. We're on Twitter. We have a website. And we have a Gmail. So reach out to us at any of those. Yeah, guys, uh, come and subscribe, comment, uh, send us an ask or anything at all. We love to hear from you. Um, and uh, as I said, next week we're going to be talking season 14, episode 12, Profit and Loss. So we will see you guys there. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that was never a good... Why are there dogs? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. Hey. 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 H